0: Labcom Communications.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Sunday Schmooze. This podcast series features Rabbi David Vigler, co-host Mitch Zachary, and select guests. Rabbi Vigler was ordained in 2004 in Melbourne, Australia, and spent the next 10 summers learning, teaching, and sharing the concepts of Chabad Lubavitch movement in places like Kyoto, Luxembourg, and Eindhoven. Rabbi Vigler and his wife Robertson Chana Vigler have been married for 14 years. They have 8 children. Rabbi David Vigler is one of nearly 5,000 Chabad Lubavitch rabbis around the world. In this episode, you will learn how Chabad rabbis are often first responders when devastating events impact their chosen communities, and share the meaning and message of life as seen through the lens of Kabbalah, the Hasidic movement, and the teachings of the Rebbe.
0: Coming up is Rabbi Chaim Brisky the Chabad Rabbi of Thousand Oaks, California, who is facing multiple crises from different directions. Welcome to the
2: Sunday Shmooz. Hello, you've got to mention, I'm also your good friend all the way back from South Africa. Yes, <laughs> my good
0: friend and mentor, might I say, who uh, guided me through uh, some of my teenage years, Rabbi Chaim Brisky, back in uh, South Africa, which is my home uh, home country. And Rabbi Brisky came in as a Shlicha student, as an exchange student to inspire us youth. I'm most grateful, Rabbi Chaim, and we'll never forget your, uh, your influence and guidance. But now you are going through uh, a tremendously difficult experience where you don't only have the terrifying shooting of the borderline bar but also where uh, the forces of nature this devastating fire is sweeping through uh the communities in your area can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on
2: um yeah it's it's we don't even have time yet to really process what happened um but you know through the guidance of the labauer who empowered us to um Really, be there for other Jews. Uh, it's just in a. It's it's, it's we're whenever we face our own crisis, and of course we have to take care of our families and be safe. Um, we have the empowerment to really be there for other people.
0: Are um, you still in staying in of, Thousand
2: Oaks? No, we had to evacuate uh, Friday morning, about four a.m. They were coming around with loudspeakers, um, and saying you really need to go a lot of residents returned friday morning we went down to the valley to our cousins that's another beautiful thing that the jewish people we always have um people that are really willing to take in and immediately they arrange in that community the tarzana sabad community um six, six or seven houses in case anybody needs to spend shabbos and um yeah, so we're we're still there. We're still under mandatory evacuation. They asked, please, please, do not go back. Um, if you're under mandatory evacuation, just in case the, the fire engines need to get back there. Um, some people returned, for example, Friday morning and had to immediately leave again when the fires got really close. The fires were uh, within you know distance of probably a few hundred feet from my our house. Uh, we've been told we were already gone, but um, we took the toras. We took our children, We took our children. We took, uh, you know, some precious pictures, and uh, you go.
0: You know, there's a headline in the Drudge Report which says Rabbi races into temple in Thousand Oaks to rescue Torahs from raging California wildfire. It seems like it was a pretty intense situation where they managed to rescue the Torahs at the very last moment. Was there uh, property damage to the temples, to the synagogues, to the buildings?
2: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I just read that story. He told me about it uh, you know, about a couple of 10, 20 minutes ago. It um, doesn't seem there's any damage. Um, most of the Chabad's, we took out our Torahs immediately. That you was know, the first thing we put into the car. Um, as soon as there was a uh, word that there was a, going to be a mandatory evacuation, There's first a voluntary evacuation, you get an automatic phone call. Then there was another automatic phone call, mandatory evacuation. Um, then when they start going door-to-door, that's when it's really serious. Um, when there's those winds, the wind is really the issue. Um, When those winds pick up, when I still can can see outside right now, it looks pretty calm, at least here in Tarzana. Uh, If it stays that way, then we should be able, the, the firefighters are amazing. I just want to share a little interesting story since you're a Jewish program. Um, I don't know if you're Drew, our Jewish program, but... Of
0: course we're a George Jewish program. program. It's the rabbi and the CEO. Oh, okay. We're separating the, the, facts the, the facts from the fiction. Sunday The facts from the fiction and the Bubba Mises from the bottom line. Go ahead, Rabbi Brisky. <laughs>
2: okay. So, um, the um, the fire, the, the morning, as you mentioned, of the shooting, I am a chaplain, a volunteer chaplain at the local hospital, this Robles Hospital. And um, I happen to be at the hospital going up and down to every nurse's station, and... Um, it's a smaller hospital, it's a community hospital, but every nurse's station, I made sure they had my number, uh, my cell phone number, whoever was the nurse leader on, on, on staff that day in case any of the wounded or any of the families needed some chaplaincy and wanted a visitor. Um, and as I was going out, I saw all the officers that were taking the body of that slain officer, the hero that went in. and. Um, and went in and gave his life for other people he never even met. Wow! And um, I, I just felt impa- I felt like I needed to shake every officer's hand. there was about sixty seventy officers, and I went up and down, you know, sharing my condolences and thanking them for their service. And um, there were also some fire officers there. Uh, they, they did a tribute. If you look at the press uh, when the body came out of the hospital, a big. Um, Flag hanging from the top of two large uh, you fire know, trucks. Uh, fire fire truck, uh, you know, where ladders. So one of the people I met, I, I, but while I'm talking to them, I, I mentioned is anybody Jewish? There was one police officer Jewish. A very famous, beautiful picture on Getty Images. Was a police officer in Philly hugging me, and um, and then we went to this fellow, and he says, "Yeah, I'm Jewish. My my mother was Jewish." Mark Lorenzo, and I as I'm putting on film with him, I see on his badge he's chief. He says, yeah, I'm the Ventura County fire chief. And he put on film for the first time in his life, Wow! four hours before the most major crisis of his career. Hopefully this will be the major crisis and never have something like this again. I mean, the loss of so many homes, and I heard last night that at least two lives in Malibu, um, this is the most horrific fire we have ever had. In, in Southern California,
0: you know, here we are in Florida, and we uh, we have our own crises in terms of the hurricanes. But I cannot imagine yeah. what it must be like to face a fire. There was a rabbi, a friend of mine from West Hills, California, who sent out an email to his community on Friday saying, "Tonight services are cancelled, and tomorrow we don't know because we're awaiting orders on a, on a mandatory evacuation." I mean, the, the reality to stand in the face of a fire is just impossible for a hurricane. You can you can you can stay in your home under certain circumstances if you have uh, if you have hurricane shutters, but you can never possibly do that in the face of a fire. And I'm curious to know, Rabbi Chaim, what is the uh, items that you picked up? What kind of items do you really pick up when you know that you've got three minutes to get to get out? You know, I know you you pick up your wife and your kids, of course, but what else do you really take with you when you have to make those fateful moments that this might be the last time you're uh, you're able to be in this house? God forbid.
2: Yeah, first of all, I can tell you the rabbi from West Hills I spoke to him on Friday. He did evacuate to Woodland Hills, so uh, you know. And they're all okay. One of the things is you can stay. You can, unfortunately, with a hurricane, uh, those winds. You know what's going on. I guess people do stay too, but uh, with a fire, you don't know, and that's why they beg you, please leave. Because if you don't leave, then the priority of the firemen that come, the firefighters that come, becomes saving life. And if it becomes saving life, they have no time now to save homes. So because people stay, homes are lost. Many of the homes, of over 160, 70 homes, are lost because people stayed when they were asked to please leave. So uh, it's very important. Uh, unfortunately, any hopefully never have to face a fire, but that's one of the reasons for mandatory evacuations is they're saying, hey, we're going to maybe come there in the next 20 minutes half hour. We don't want to be stuck behind cars, number one, and we don't want to be helping people and pets, you know, evacuate. And, and that's why, you know, we don't have to rush in and take toros, is because uh, the first thing you think about is the Torah. And um, we, uh, about one o'clock, like I said, we got those phone calls. Um, we are about 1500 feet from the place where everyone evacuated to. So we didn't feel like we were in greatest danger. We hadn't smell, smelled many. It was just, uh, we didn't smell too much smoke, but we had the Torah packed. Um, they got the children dressed very calmly because you don't want to tra- traumatize them. Very calmly, got them dressed, told them to go back to sleep. Um, but we and we we packed, you know, some changes of clothes. Uh, you take your documents and uh, some pictures from the old style pictures that. Uh, have not been made digital yet. And you take your children and you go, there's not much you need.
0: And Uh, you realize how transient life really is. Uh, Rabbi Chaim Briski of Thousand Oaks, California, the Chabad, who is facing multiple tragedies, both from the shooting at the Borderline Bar as well as from the fires that threaten the communities uh, near his home. Rabbi Briski, do you know any of the victims in the Borderline uh, shooting?
2: Well, I was there um, as a chaplain I was there in the room where the uh, families were reuniting just to be there in case someone wanted to speak. Um, I do not know any of the families, but uh, I I was there watching that raw pain as uh, parents and brothers and sisters were told, you know, confirmed. Um, yeah, this body is, is the body. Um, and then I was, you know, I was there with all the police officers and I gave a message of... Uh, I uh, Baba Charebba's message which is, um, both souls are ripped from us, they can't do goodness here in this world, therefore we have to be their hands and feet, we have to bring goodness to the world, we have to reach out and do the good things that they can do. In a practical example, I said they to pick up a phone today, you feel the pain and call someone you don't like, call someone that you're uh, uncomfortable talking to and speak to them today if you're Jewish put
0: on the phone. so these souls of the of the victims have been tragically and untimely separated from their bodies and no longer are able to perform any more good deeds it is therefore the onus of responsibility upon us the friends and survivors of the tragedy to be able to make up for their lost mitzvahs when we Later, Phil, and when we do a mitzvah, we we light up a light that they can no longer light. And when we pick up a phone and call someone that we don't necessarily like and try to mend that relationship, then we are inspired by their tragedy to try to make other people's lives a little bit better, to try to compensate for the tragedy, to turn darkness into light, and to try to turn negative into something a little bit more positive. Rabbi Brisky, thank you so very much for taking the time to join us on live on the Sunday Shmooze here with the Rabbi and the CEO. We want to send you our thoughts and prayers. Is there anything that we can do to help your community out there in uh, Thousand Oaks? Please let us know.
2: Yeah, add one more mitzvah today.
0: Do you fellows need any financial contributions at this time?
2: Um, We always need financial contributions. I mean, Friday I went back myself. I drove back. I was there at the the evacuation center. Quite a few Jewish people there. All the hotels are full, so these were even some very well-to-do Jewish people. But they're older and they're scared to drive. A lot of the freeways are closed. Um, And um, we, we gave out challah. Uh, we put on the tefillin with people. We gave out the Shabbos candles, especially to those that are working in the Red Cross, the volunteers. They're able to light it in the uh, kitchen there um, safely. So Chabad is uh, on the ground,
0: um, helping people with uh, so grassroots needs. So anybody
2: wants to contribute, it's jewishto.org slash donate. Or you can just go to jewishto.org and click on the donate link.
0: It's Jewish T.O. Uh, stands for Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaks. Rabbi Britsky, thank you so very much for joining us this morning. May God endow you with the strength and the wisdom to be able to guide not only your own family, but also the the, very, the the Jewish community and the wider community to bring them to healing and to comfort after these two great tragedies. May you and all of your fellow people out there be safe and secure and know no more suffering. Thank you for joining us here this morning. We thank really you, appreciate your much. support. Thank you so very much. You're listening to the Sunday Shmooz with the Rabbi and the CEO brought to you by Morse Life Health System, the gold standard. In senior living
1: if you have a comment on the sunday schmooze you can contact rabbi david vigler directly at rabbi at jewishgardens.com that's rabbi at Gardens.com.
0: always important on the Sunday Shmooz to find out what the Torah has to tell us about current affairs. You know, our sages tell us that a Jew always has to live with the times. What this means is that we have to look into the Torah portion of each week of the week where the events that happen to us occur in order to find hidden clues and guiding secrets that will lead us from the the, uh, situation in in which we are in to the light at the end of that tunnel. And you know, Mitch, there's something very, very powerful about the harsh reality of the Jewish communities today in the United States of America where we can no longer rest upon our laurels, and the time has come for us to stand up and defend ourselves. We've got to talk about the uh, Torah portion, the clues that that it gives us about this uh, tremendous, uh, shocking reality.
3: Uh, good guys don't kill people, you know, don't go around shooting people. It's the bad guys.
0: The good guys are the ones that uh, that uh, have no guns when there's gun, gun laws, you know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know, the chief of Palm Beach Gardens Police, he said that the guns are all out there already. You know, the, these gun laws they're really not gonna get. Well, especially a here anymore. in Florida. They're everywhere. The guns are everywhere. If you're gonna make a rule that you can't sell any more guns, Doesn't they're matter. there. Right. They're all over the place, right? It's a very interesting point. The question is, how do you feel, Mitch, about this whole idea of a Jew standing up with a gun to defend himself? I mean, is this is this our way? Is is the, is this what, what what precedent is there in the Torah?
3: Well listen, first of, of, of well, Jews standing up and defending themselves. Let let's say that in Israel that's it's like that everywhere. Jews with guns Right There's very few terrorist attacks in
0: Israel that go that last too long because there's always a civilian who is armed that just takes And trained by the IDF Right And carries a gun But Mitch can you think of any precedent in the Torah of Jews standing up and defending themselves Does anything come to mind there uh,
3: um, that's a good question. Good question.
0: Right? Look, I mean, you know that the Jews had wars. The Jews definitely yeah, the had Jew- armies.
3: Right, and where God supported them, the Jewish people, or the Israelites, were very successful.
0: Yeah, you know, we had to conquer the Promised Land, and that just didn't happen through uh, tefillin and prayers all day long, right? You know, we actually had to go out to war and fight our enemies. But there's a fascinating insight in the Torah portion. You see, it's the beginning of time when... The fathers of two nations are growing up together. the two twins it's Jacob and Esau. Jacob is the father of the Jewish people. Esau is the father of the, of the uh, of the Europeans and the American nations. the Westerners, so to speak, that's Esau. The Torah tells us that Esau was given Rome in Italy, which is you know the whole kingdom of, mm-hmm. of the Vatican and the, the, the European Kingdom which led into obviously the Americans. you got the Jews? And the Europeans, the Westerners growing up together, two brothers. Isaac is the second of our patriarchs and he wants to bless his son Esau with the blessing. In a fascinating twist in the Torah, Rebecca, the mother of the two twins, the wife of Isaac, She tells her son Jacob that he should be the one to get the blessing and indeed he should steal the blessing from his blind father Isaac. How is he going to do this? She says, your father is blind. Jacob, I want you to go in dressed in the clothes of Esau. So your blind father Isaac will feel you. He will feel the hairiness which is Esau and he will go ahead and bestow the incredible blessings of eternity upon you Jacob and your descendants, the Jewish people. It's a fascinating story because you know you see how how uh, Rebecca literally has to trick her husband. She has to deceive her husband. She causes her son Jacob to deceive his father in stealing the blessings. It's really a very enigmatic story. But within this story lies the key to the Jewish survival of the future. You see, Rebecca, in her intuition, as the Yiddish Mama, as the quintessential Jewish mother, she senses what it will take for her son, the timid Jacob the studious and assiduous Jacob, what it will take for him to survive the vicissitudes of time. Rebecca notices that Jacob is all fine and well when it comes to his spirituality, but when it comes to his ability to grapple with evil, he's really not prepared. What she does is is that she teaches him, Jacob, sometimes you need to don the garb of your wicked brother Esau sometimes you need to act to dress like a hunter like a warrior though Jacob was the scholar and Esau was the hunter the warrior Jacob dresses in the clothing of the warrior to the point that when he comes into his father and his blind father he says he he says who are you and and how are you how are you so quickly returned from the field he says because God helped me so Isaac is confused he says the sounds like Jacob You speak like Jacob because my son Esau doesn't mention God. Come closer, let me feel you. And he says, you feel the hands of the hands of Esau. But the voice is the voice of Jacob. He proceeds to bless him, but herein lies the beautiful key. We the Jewish people, our secret is the voice of Jacob. Our secret is our Torah study and our prayer and the mitzvot and the faith that connects us to God Almighty in heaven who protects us. But Rebecca was teaching her son Jacob and indeed teaching all of us, her descendants, that in order to survive, Jacob sometimes needs to dress like a warrior. Sometimes you need to pick up a gun and learn how to shoot it. Even Jacob, the rabbi, the scholar, the assiduous student of Torah, needs to learn how to go out to war, how to dress as a soldier, how to protect himself against those who try to kill him. And that Mitch, I think, is couldn't be more true than in our generation today as as Commissioner Bernie Kerrick, The one who faced 9-11, who led New York City through the tragedy of 9-11, told us in no uncertain terms, he says, the time has come for the Jews to stand up and defend themselves. And that key, that secret, Mitch, where we see Jacob, the rabbi, dressed as Esau, standing up to defend himself and to claim his own destiny, not with prayer, but with might.
3: So, the fact that in the last century... The Jews did not properly defend themselves against Esau. Like sheep to the slaughter. Exactly. How, if only they could have followed that lesson and stood firm and stood together. Who knows how history could have changed.
0: If only that, but let's make sure, Mitch, that there won't be another time where another synagogue is attacked, God forbid, and we'll be scratching our heads wondering what we should be doing about it, if we should be making more prayers or doing, taking some other action. The action to take is now. Please make sure that your synagogues are defended, that your, you have a plan in place, that you know what you're doing, God, God willing to be able to protect ourselves from those who try to take us down.
3: I just want to share one last thought that we learned from the um, officer who's in charge of the SWAT team. Of Palm Beach Gardens. Of Palm Beach Gardens. He said every time... Ta- right. That's right. Every time you walk into a room, it could be a shopping mall, a synagogue, a movie theater. He said, always look for the exits. He said, always have a plan If that you, have, you know the way out Case of an emergency. He actually
0: said the three principles of run, hide, fight. First thing you do is run. Run for the exits. If you can't do that, then hide. If you can't hide, then just do whatever you can to fight. Yeah, Throw he at said, them a fire extinguisher. Yeah, fire extinguisher spray extinguisher, spray them with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Very effective weapon. Do whatever it takes. Run, hide, and fight and God willing with the help of God with the weapons that we have as well as the spiritual protection that we have together we will make sure to be safe and to overcome the forces of evil you're listening to the Sunday Schmooze with the rabbi and the CEO brought to you by Morse Life Health System the gold standard in senior living
1: if you have a comment on the Sunday Schmooze you can contact rabbi David Vigler directly at rabbi at jewishgardens.com that's rabbi at jewishgardens.com.